This is the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm J.D. Layton. I'm Emily Moshek. Only on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. Welcome to the Rocky Mountain Review, your news talk show here on KCSU Fort Collins. I'm your host, Emily Moshak, and I'm joined in studio by my co-host... I'm J.D. Layton. And our two reporters... Allison Tackett. And Maximus Hunter. We have a jam-packed show for you today filled with discussions about how PETA is suing us, as well as your classic sports, music, and national news. But we're going to start it off with local, Allison. Hello, my name is Allison Tackett, and this is your local newscast. According to the Denver Channel, today will be the warmest day in five months, with highs soaring up to the 60s and the lower 70s in Denver across the eastern plains. In the mountains, expect bright sunshine and temperatures in the 40s to near 50 degrees. Wednesday will be even warmer, with highs soaring into the 70s. I just read that. Okay, just kidding. Haha. Wednesday will be the warmest day of the week, but the winds will also pick up across Colorado. Our next significant system looks like it will arrive by the end of the week, dropping our temperatures and reintroducing the chance of widespread rain and snow. According to the Nine News, a father from Greeley, Colorado, will spend 22 years behind bars from abusing his daughter so badly she died, according to the Well County District Attorney's Office. Edward Burden, 33, was arrested and charged with one count of child abuse, resulting in death of a three-month-old daughter that, that died in January 2016. Baby Alexis had to be flown to the Children's Hospital in Colorado in Aurora, where doctors found she had 10 broken ribs, a severe brain injury, bleeding in her brain, and complex hemorrhaging, according to the district attorney. Eight days later, three-month-old Alexis died. According to the Coloradoan, the union represented Colorado grocery store workers have reached a deal to avoid a strike at King Supers and the city market stores. The United Food and Commercial Worker Local 7 said Monday that the deal was reached with the local subsidiary of Ohio-based Kroger after marathon talks over the weekend. Workers still must approve it. King Supers and City Market called the deal good news for their associates, customers, and communities. In a summary of the deal, the union said it included wage increases for all workers, affordable health care, and additional pension contri- contributions. King Supers and City Market employee about, employ about 23,000 workers statewide and union representing over 12,000 of them. According to KDVR, 59 craft brewer across the nation wrote a letter to the EPA earlier this month asking the agency not to roll back clean waterway regulations. The brewers are a part of NRDC group called Brewers for Clean Water. There are five members from Colorado. A quote from a local business owner of Horse and Dragon Brewery, Carol Conran, says a small business and individual it's difficult to feel like you're making an impact on a national scale so organizations that allow us to come together and send a collective letter like this one make us feel like we're at least lending our small voice to a bigger movement any flaw in an input is magnified during the process of fermentation so great beer which colorado is well known for you really do have to have a great starting unit of water and of course that is a big part of that That is your local newscast on 90.5 KCSU, Fort Collins.
Stealing my thunder, quite literally, with uh, dropping a little weather right there. I can't even believe that. <laughs> it's big. It's big. It's a I big know. thing. I it know. Is, it is nice. It's like nicer here than it was where I was at at spring break. Really? Oh, yeah. What the? It's strange. I know. You were all the way down in Texas, too, weren't I you? I know. Now I'm the the Tanner JD, the, the more... <laughs> newsworthy except for i still do radio so nobody can see me <laughs> we can hear it we can hear the tan. you can hear the tanness in my voice there's a subtle beach vibe yes yes <laughs> oh my goodness well weather will be coming up listeners but in the meantime we have a discussion about everybody's favorite or not so favorite animal rights group PETA who is now suing Colorado State University. Do you want to give us a background on that, J.D.? Yeah, so uh, this has sort of been an ongoing process, but I I believe the suit was actually filed uh, Tuesday? Or, no, Monday. But, uh, so so PETA has been claiming that uh, uh, Colorado has been unethically, or CSU has been unethically killing crows as well as various other american birds i think sparrows and robins fall on that uh while studying west nile virus in a, in a lab here uh in west nile virus is pretty prevalent in colorado fort hollands actually has like the largest amount of cases in the state oddly enough for whatever reason it's a hotbed of west nile virus so they're studying the effects and on birds and stuff like that and to do that they have to infect the birds the birds will die pete is not a fan of that PETA's ethics confuses me. Yeah, P- I don't understand PETA because PETA wants to protect animals, but then PETA will take animals and then let Into them their die. shelters and, yeah, and then euthanize them or just let them die from poor conditions. Yeah, yeah which is, it, it seems like PETA is just trying to take like a like a, a holier-than-thou stance on everything, despite the fact that they're, they're, they're not. Yeah, well, and especially if, if we're doing it for, you know, say important you know medical testing research yeah that that can't be done without doing this right it's also a little different because they're doing it the testing on crows which are everywhere they're not endangered yeah it's it's they reproduce like like crazy it's not like they grabbed a i don't know a bald eagle snow leopard (laughs) sea turtles and they're just no the whole thing just seems a bit ridiculous i mean i can i i I'll, I'll take the devil's advocate stance for, for PETA right now. And they're like, look, crows are intelligent animals. They they can recognize faces. They use tools. Why should we be taking them out of their homes and then infecting them with a virus so we can study that and we don't even know like what's going on with the virus? But at the same point in time, it's like that's the reason why we're doing it is because we want to understand the virus better so we can use it, use that information that we gain to you know sort of treat it plus it sounds like the virus kills crows too yeah it, it, the west nile virus is terrible yeah. nobody wants that except yeah. for PETA, apparently yeah they want they want crows to have it it sounds like <laughs> i don't know i feel like if you don't test it on something then it's gonna affect like us you know what i mean right so, yeah so it's like you gotta kind of roll out i guess the importance that's that true yeah i don't know i guess again kind of I'm not a PETA fan. I'll get that right out yeah. there. I I love animals, but I don't like the way that PETA operates or does things. And I I do have to say though, like just from my opinion, and I don't understand the science or research behind it, other than the articles and videos we've been able to, that have been released to the public. But the West Nile virus has been around forever, and I know it's still a problem. But is it a problem right now? Like I yes, guess, people. I had a, like in America. Yeah, yes. I had a coworker. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
uh, last year who actually got really, really sick and they had to stop working because they got bit by a mosquito, oh got God. West Nile virus. Like permanently? Yeah. Oh, they did wow. say in the video that the research wasn't going to help humans or like. Which is PETA's video, so it's a little biased. Right, yeah. But. So this is this is a, a, a from PETA's video on the topic. And, and I it may not, but it's also if you can stop the spread of disease throughout, you know, crows and other animals and understand that, you gain the benefit of it not spreading via mosquito bite from a crow to a person. You know what I mean? Exactly. So if we can figure That's out true. how to stop it there then that's just a, a another carrier that mosquitoes can't implant the virus into to transfer it around, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, no, that does make sense. Yeah, I personally, I mean, I love the school, and I think we really do a great job of animal research. Yeah. And <laughs> especially um, we spoke on an earlier show with the veterinary department of CSU, and if you want to find that show, you can go to kcsufm.com and check it out. But she talked about all the life-saving surgeries they do on so many types of animals and helping them out. And so at least I have a lot of respect for our veterinary department. And I know at least the woman we interviewed was so passionate about her job and animals. And I don't think any of them are doing this because they hate animals. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's malicious intent. And I, yeah, I think PETA, they got mad when President Obama killed a fly. Yeah. I forgot about that. I know. <laughs> it's a fly. Like, I, there is no way that the people in PETA have not killed a bug in their Once lifetime. Twice. What if they yeah. stepped on an ant? I'm sure it's happened. So, JD, I'm curious. Do you know uh, what they're suing the school for? What they're trying to get out of the lawsuit? Uh, I, I'm not sure on that. I know it is a suit. I'm sure there's some monetary amount. Of of course, um, but I, I really feel like CSU is the wrong place to direct that. As as Emily said, you know, I'd like to think that we're fairly ethical. They certainly frame the uh, the researcher who's doing this as sort of a Frankenstein esque oh, person who's doing this purely for curiosity and has no morals or ethics. When I I really feel like that's contrary to the the. I wonder actual if we could situation. get that person in here. I'm sure they're associated with the oh, school. Oh, absolutely. We certainly could. Wow, what a brilliant idea, Max. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And especially research is thought out, and I'm sure that there are like steps you have to go through to get your research approved and established at CSU. It's not like a guy can just start picking up right. crows yeah. one day and injecting them with viruses. <laughs> yeah, and, and they certain they make it sound like it's this dude and he like caps, captures these birds and then just like hits them with a hammer and he's like, Oh, science. That's totally not what's happening. <laughs> yeah. I can I guess I could see the frustration, but I think it's it's ignorant and not well researched of our school. And I think PETA's doing it mostly just to make a statement and I mean, Peter called out Steve Irwin, and Steve Irwin Peter was calls a saint. out everybody. You can't. <laughs> yeah, they they're Tap really Peter. big on like the rodeo community for sure. Like I, the, every time you go to a rodeo, there people and the signs and saying don't support this, blah blah. So yeah, I've had a few experiences with Peter, and it's not very good. <laughs> never pleasant. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is something about them. They're never like saying like, hey, let's support the animals. Like right. Yeah. Well, maybe but, actually they get. Um, a lot of bad press from other animal rights groups who don't like PETA either. <laughs> like, like, I just, I think it's the way they run things out. And yeah. their message is extreme. In and they managed opinion. to stay in the news, which also just gets yes. all the attention. Yeah. Right. Yes. If, uh, if you guys have uh, a comment that you'd like to bring on, on PETA's new suit, 
You can certainly call or text in at 970-491-5278. Or you can always join the conversation on Twitter at KCSUFM. Yes, we would love to have you on the show and hear your opinion. Do you think PETA is right for suing CSU for doing experiments on crows? Or are they being a little over over exuberant? Yeah. I, I think this is a bit goofy, too, especially since, like, we have other facilities where the, uh, there was a, a protest not too long ago against the uh, the meat processing plant on campus and uh, and the slaughter school. Or not, it's not the slaughter school. That's a terrible <laughs> phrase. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's going to be against it if you phrase it like that. <laughs> Welcome to the slaughter school. <laughs> no, but there, there is a, a certain standing for, you know, animal rights activism within Colorado and Fort Collins. Definitely. Uh, so I'm, I'm very curious as to, as to hear what they have to say about this. Yes, we would love to hear from you again. That number is 970-491-5278 or tweet us at KCSUFM. We're going to go on a quick break, but stay tuned because we've got sports up next. And after that, we have a music segment from a new artist you probably haven't heard of. So if you've been in a bit of a slump with your Spotify, you'll want to stick around. You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review only here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review, your news talk show here on KCSU Fort Collins. I'm your host, Emily Moshak, joined in studio by my co-host. Howdy, howdy. I'm J.D. Layton. All our two reporters. Allison Tackett. And Maximus Hunter. And our sports director, Ray McGowan. Hello. You gotta find a new intro, man. I, <laughs> it's just the same. I know. We are working on it. So stay tuned, <laughs> listeners, because one day, somehow, you will have a new intro. It's a work in progress. I know. I, 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 I think I, it's sh- the background to Money Trees by like Kendrick Lamar. Or no, it's not this one. We did have one that has... This Kendrick is definitely Kendrick Lamar. Is it? Yeah, yeah in the background. Uh, yeah, is. I just hear it so much that it has devolved. But anyway, <laughs> we're not here to talk about Kendrick Lamar. We're here to talk about sports. What's going on, Ray? Uh, yes, of course. Uh, this is your Rocky Mountain Review sports update for Tuesday. Starting off for Colorado State, the men's golf team moved up to fourth place at the National Invitation Invitational Tournament. CSU tied for second best final round to move up two spots to finish fourth. For the women's tennis team, CSU lost to Yale 5-2, to two, earning the point in doubles but were unable to capitalize in the singles. In CSU track and field, they completed they competed in the Glen Morris Multi here in Fort Collins. Kelsey Bedard ranked second in the NCAA in the women's hammer throw as as of last Friday, throwing 210 feet and one inch, the best by 14 feet. Area Tate scored 5,002 points to win the heptathlon, while Eric Lundgren scored 6,794 points to finish first in the decathlon. Amelia Harvey placed second, and Lexi Keller finished fifth in the heptathlon. For CSU softball, they swept their series last week against New Mexico, with the last two games ending in five innings due to the mercy rule, outscoring the Lobos 34-11. to their next game is happening right now in Greeley against Northern Colorado. The Rams' next series will be against Utah State starting Friday. Rounding out CSU, the club baseball team traveled to Trinidad where they did not perform to their standards, losing both games. The Rams then traveled to Arizona to face Chandler Gilbert Community College, Arizona Christian University, Paradise Community College, and Arizona State. They came out of Arizona with a 3-2 record. The CSU baseball team will face Metro State University tomorrow at 6 p.m. here in Fort Collins. 
Moving on to the greater Colorado area, the Denver Nuggets clinched a, play, a playoff berth for the first time since 2013 after their 114-105 to win over the Boston Celtics. The Nuggets are currently in the second seed in the West Conference. The only only half a game behind the first place Golden State Warriors. The Denver Nuggets will play the Detroit Pistons tonight at seven in Denver. The Colorado Rockies will officially open their regular season against the Miami Marlins on Thursday in Miami, and will host their first host their first home game on April fifth against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Finally, the Colorado Mammoths beat the Vancouver Warriors last Friday, 11-7, as well as on Saturday, 14-4. The Mammoths' game, next game will be on April 6th against the Saskatchewan Rush. And that is your Rocky Mountain Review Sports Update. Can you say Saskatchewan one more time? Saskatchewan. <laughs> wow. Saskatchewan. I, 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 <laughs> Saskatchewan. There you go. I appreciate the fact that you're sliding in some lacrosse in here. I love, I love learning about yeah. the Mammoths. I try to slide. I, I I'm making an effort. Lacrosse <laughs> is kind of cool. They fight like in hockey. Yeah, That's it's fun. the fastest sport on two feet. Fun fact. Because you're not on <laughs> skates. No, I mean, like, no, no, I mean, it's it, it's fast. It's it is fast. Faster than some, hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Really? There, yeah. there are some things where I'm like, I don't even know how this is possible. How do you do that? I, it's I, they're they are animals. It's scary. It really is scary. I remember going to the the gym actually last night, and they had a mammoth three run, and I was like, I don't know how 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 do you do this? How you're like your brain operate? It has to be like on another another level other than everybody else. You're just like zooming through everything. I could never be a goalie. I would never be able oh, to no, play goalie. Oh no, there's no way I'd ever be able to pay attention, especially the fact that they can run around your goal. You're like you have to pay attention to what's going on behind you too. <laughs> and you're going to get decked in the face as watch. <laughs> it's true. And getting stick checked, that hurts. <laughs> you don't you don't just walk up from that. You're like, "Am I ribs?" Ow. <laughs> yeah, lacrosse players are, are ruthless. Do we have lacrosse? Yeah. We yes, do. We, we have do. club lacrosse. Mm-hmm. Oh. Do we know anything about them? Uh, not to the top of my head. <laughs> well, they play they, in the fall, they, right? Yeah, yes, they play. They do play in the fall. They are currently practicing on the women's soccer field. If you drive by on uh, Elizabeth, you can always just see them practicing late at night. All righty. Yeah. Well, stay tuned, viewers, for fall because the Rocky Mountain Review is going to be better at our lacrosse research with our uh, lax updates. Lax, lax. Hey, hey, this is like the first time we have lax here. All right, give me a break. It's true. No, no, it's all good. You're it's, good. It's Ray. the spring. All right, everyone's coming back from spring break. Everyone's just a little bit off. That's true. <laughs> very true. Very true. Well, thank you for that lovely sports update, Ray. Of course. We're going to switch over to music next after a quick break. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Rocky Mountain review only here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. Everybody, this is Piper Davis, and you're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review. Grayson Erhard, a singer-songwriter hailing from Del Norte, Colorado, released his EP Earthship last May. The EP follows the roller coaster of love and self-reflection through lyrics that conflict in aspirations for change and comfort and love. The EP often changes in tone, starting with feelings of hopelessness about love, but progressing to hopefulness about fixing the relationship. 
The song, Tell Me No, has a feel emblematic of the 1975, featuring powerful instrumentation and technical electric guitar fills. The song follows conflict between two lovers, where the protagonist feels like it is time to leave the relationship, yet wants his partner to tell him not to go. The song follows the struggles of wanting to leave, but hoping things can be fixed. Quote, Why won't you tell me, baby, not to go? Don't let me back out in the cold. Why won't you tell me not to go? Tell me no. The song, Time to Move On, slows the EP down a bit with a chorus featuring eloquent, isolated vocals that grows powerful as the song progresses. The song follows an internal battle of whether a relationship is worth preserving and fixing or moving on from. Quote, is it time to move on or make a change to fix what's wrong? Is it time to move on? Can we find where we went wrong? The song Driving in the Rain features funky electric guitar and laid-back vocals with beautiful imagery. The song reflects two lovers' dark times, characterized by rain, but hopefulness that the pain will subside with time and they can move through it together. Quote, Please do not worry. It will pass. Shrug it off. Pain never lasts. Even though when we drive it's raining, I want you to know the journey is still entertaining. Grayson Earhart's Earthship turns self-reflection into a musically and lyrically compelling EP drenched in emotion. From the Rocky Mountain Review, I'm Piper Davis, and you are listening to 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. Welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review, your favorite news talk show here on KCSU Fort Collins. I am your host, Emily Moshak, and I'm joined in studio by my co-host, um, J.D. Leighton, and our two reporters, Allison Tackett and Maxwell Suncher. That was an exclusive music segment by our musical volunteer, Piper Davis, on artist Grayson Earhart. And I hadn't heard of him before, but I actually I liked I liked what I was hearing. He's a uh, he's a, a local honky tonk dude. I don't think honky tonk is the right word, but it was the first <laughs> like, thing that I, came to mind. That's not the vibe I got. But um, is that how he's described? No. Okay. That was literally just like the. You know how sometimes like words seep into your brain. And you're like, this why is, that? That's like I have no country idea. music. That's what Isn't I was it? thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah heck dude, yeah. I have no idea why, but he's local. So if you uh, he's local, if not you, country. If so. you like him, you can check him out. Definitely see him. See him in a show. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, you never know. Do your know. thing. But up next, we're gonna switch over to national news, and there's a lot of it. We were actually just talking about how Conor McGregor is retiring which mm-hmm. I was a little shocked about. Well, I mean, is it that surprising, especially now that there's sexual assault allegations against him? Well, that I, I didn't, didn't know that. on that the same either. wasn't it was We're all on the same day. Wasn't it? So, yeah, so now Conor McGregor is trying to hide. 
yes. Once I've learned that this, there were sexual assault allegations, it didn't surprise me as much. But as someone, at least I don't follow boxing that well, so I only it's, know the real famous he's people. He's an MMA fighter. I was just like, okay, MMA. Punching UFC, guys yeah. who punch each other that and dude, hurt each other That for dude's career did money. not go where he wanted it to go. No, it did not. He was super hot at first, and then he talked a big game and could not oh. hold up to it. Uh, I still like him. I know, I do too. Yeah, he's cute. <laughs> it's true. That is, be, that is beyond the point. And You're right. I'm with sorry. The rest I'm of national news, unprofessional. We will pass it off to Maximus. <laughs> Hi there. My name is Maximus Hunter, and this is your national news for March 26th, 2019. You're listening to 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. The charges against actor Jesse Smollett have been dropped by his prosecution, according to the Associated Press. The Empire actor, sorry, former Empire actor, reported being attacked by two unknown men citing discrimination against him being black and gay. The attack gained media attention, but then it was discovered that the two attackers knew Smollett. One was even an actor on his show. After questioning the attackers, who are brothers, Chicago PD suspected that Smollett filed a false police report and booked him. Smollett was dropped from his TV show and indicted on 16 counts. However, today the prosecution has decided to drop the case against Smollett. Smollett will no longer face legal issues, but he is not exonerated. Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel disagrees with the county prosecutor's decision, calling it, quote, not on the level, unquote. The Mueller report, which investigated connections between President Donald Trump and the Russian government, was released this weekend. Though the full report has not yet been made public, a four-page summary by Attorney General William Barr is available to read. While the investigation that created the Mueller report has led to several indictments, the report itself recommends no further ones. The FBI team who created it, which included 40 agents and about 19 lawyers, do conclude that Russia interfered in the election in order to elect Donald Trump. They did this through two avenues, the Internet Research Agency, or IRA, which spread misinformation online, and hacking private political servers and spreading that information through sites like WikiLeaks. The report also states the FBI cannot conclude if the president obstructed justice during this investigation and instead of exonerating him, leaves that decision to the attorney general. Attorney General William Barr concluded that Trump did not obstruct justice. William Barr states the report that, <clears throat> quote, the evidence does not establish that the president was involved in any underlying crime relating to election interference, unquote, as well as the absence of this evidence may be due to obstruction. Barr concludes that since the president cannot be proved of obstruction beyond a reasonable doubt, the report indicates that no action should be taken against the president. The summary ends with a note that not all details of the report are included in the summary, as they are being used in active criminal prosecutions. These prosecutions are undoubtedly the ones involving Michael Cohen, Roger Stone, Michael Flynn, or 31 others inducted during, or indicted during the investigation. There may be even further information on the president being actively used in his open legal cases, which cannot be disclosed yet. The Mueller report is out, but there's still more for the public to know. A new Pew study shows that Americans are changing the way they think about and get their news. Roughly 78% of Americans get their news from television and online sources, and only about 8% get their news from the radio. Local news, however, is a different story. 38% of adults get their local news from TV, and about 20% through the radio, both of which beat out online-only sources. Even newspapers excuse me, <laughs> deliver more local news than online-only sources, though most people only read them online. Only 18% of radio listeners actually listen online. 
Half of all of American's local news sources are not specific to them, the poll states, and most local news covers more than one area. Most Americans think that journalists are in touch with their communities, but only about a third think that their local news has much influence. Adults think crime, traffic, and prices are some of the most important topics to learn about on the news, but not necessarily the easiest to stay informed on compared to sports or politics. There is one part of the news that everyone agrees on and that all news providers are happy to provide. According to this survey, the number one most necessary part of the news is the easiest to find and our personal favorite here at KCSU, the weather. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Oh. With your national news, this has been Maximus Hunter on 90.5 <laughs> KCSU Fort Collins. Thank you, Max. We appreciate it. And good oh. to know that people appreciate our weather. See, it's it's the best part of the news show. Honestly, it's the best news. The public agrees. It's Yeah, there's the research behind it. I feel like it's because you can't really blame anyone. For, well, just kidding. I was about to say you can't blame anyone for weather like you can blame them for politics and that can't make you angry. But then I remember that climate change is a thing and everyone is mad about the weather still. So never mind. Everyone's still angry. Try to find peace, but I couldn't. Nope. Never mind. Well, I mean, the weather, the weather's, a, it's like one of those topics where you're like, I like this. I, I'm not, I'm not upset by this. Even if, even if there is, you know, climate change, you're not like, man, I hate clouds. <laughs> That's true. It's hard to hate. Well, actually, I, I sometimes I I've hate I've seen clouds. a cloud or two. And, and there, <laughs> Emily goes proving my point wrong. She's like, I hate clouds. I don't <gasps> hate clouds, They're but ugly. I don't Stop like it when it's our cloudy. Skies. I love it when I it's like gloomy. Really? Yeah, because I can, oh, like, yeah. you know, wrap by the fireplace and, like, binge watch Netflix. I mean, I guess That's I do that true. every weekend anyway. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I do that if it's nice out. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's, it's just a good excuse. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. Well, we will have weather coming up for you in a minute. If you have a favorite type of weather or if you have any particular feelings about clouds, send us a tweet at KCSUFM because we, we want to know. <laughs> anyway, we're going to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere because when we come back, we have a discussion about pit bulls and whether they are da, da, da. dangerous. So don't go away. You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review, only here on 90.5 KCSU, Fort Collins. Welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review, your news to show, not toe, <laughs> your favorite news show here on KCSU, Fort Collins. I'm your host, Emily Moshak, and I'm here with my co-host. J.D. Layton, and this is not a toe show. No. Ew, don't say it like that. That might sound grosser. God. And our two reporters. Allison Tackett. And your favorite toe porter, Maximus Hunter. Oh, no. I regret everything. I regret everything I've ever done. Especially that. Okay. Sounds like you've really got a, a foot nope, in mouth nope, situation. Nope, nope, nope. I'm muting oh. your mic. I'm muting your mic. Did you just no. get stubbed? Nope, nope. Oh. Goodbye. Goodbye, you two. No more toe puns from the <laughs> we have an actual conversation to discuss. We do, and it is about pit bulls. And the reason we're bringing this up is because there was recently a story published by the Associated Press uh, two days ago where a woman in Dallas was mauled to death by her own pit bulls. Um, they were already in quarantine at a veterinary facility for a prior attack, which was not specified. It didn't specify whether the attack was against her before. Or someone else. But so they attacked someone, put the dogs in quarantine, and then she went to visit them at the park or the veterinary hospital um, on Saturday morning to go feed them and play with them in an exercise area. And they attacked her and killed her. 
and they were so aggressive they prevented medical personnel from being able to reach her for a large amount of time, so that's probably why she passed away. A police officer shot and killed both animals, and then she was taken to the hospital before she died. And there's no knowledge on the previous incident, really, at all, that How? led to them being quarantined. But, so, kind of going along with that, pit bulls do tend to have a history of getting into violent accidents like this. However, a lot of people feel that pit bulls are treated unfairly and unfairly vilified because any dog could be capable of staging an attack like that. So that's kind of the two sides that we're looking at today. And let's discuss. It's so, tough. So going off that uh, that last point you made, that any dog is capable of doing this, uh, not too long ago, I, I want to say it was last month, a, uh, a woman was killed and then eaten by her two boxers. So that sort of showcases the fact that, you know, it could be any animal. And I really feel like it, it dives right down into how you treat your animal. Like... Man, you could probably make a pug a vicious murder animal. I don't know. Like, you, have you seen my dog? Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a Chihuahua Jack Russell tiny. I don't think no matter how hard it tried, it could kill a person. I well, you, know, you gave it a gun, it couldn't kill a person. <laughs> True, but I mean, I I do go like kind of agree like with like what you were saying with like how they're, you know, how they are. Um, what am I trying to say here? Like how they're the like, raised. raised. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like how like they're raised, like their environment. Like yeah, don't get me wrong. Like probably like your like little dog can't go and like kill somebody, but I bet you it can bite somebody like really hard and like like if you I guess trained it that way. Her, her or... teeth are really not very sharp. But well, it's like I, the, yeah, the yeah fact, I mean, I'm though, sure she could that... probably cause cause some right harm, yeah. but just and per, on this issue, I f- I feel both ways about it. Well, I think it's less um, on this particular issue about small dogs, but more about dogs, friendly yeah. dogs like golden retrievers or right. labradors that are kind of seen as friendly, whereas pit bulls are automatically seen, like similar sized dogs. Um, all dogs can be violent, but I guess, right. yes, most small dogs could not. Right. And, and, and there is such a thing for the, the breed and being bred for certain characteristics, and pit bulls are historically bred for certain characteristics. Right. Now, if that... Whether or not that has anything to do with their temperament or not is something for scientists to, to say or an animal behaviorist. Right. And I, I think the, I think the reason that they they're so targeted though is because there are so many incidents of pit bull attacks. There are so many cases where people are you know either bit or killed by pit bulls. It's it's something that happens. And as you said, it, it's it might have something to do with the breeding process. Uh, as well as like temperament plays into that for sure for sure and it's like at what point do you sort of as as like an institution that takes care of these things which i have no idea who who would do that like local governments there's uh, isn't there a ban on pit bulls there in are in certain some, parts of colorado there is actually um yes, yes a lot of I was growing up shelters can't carry them mm. which is i you know i i feel like that's strange and it, it certainly it it targets the dogs that are dangerous but it also seems to push out the ones that aren't because this is just immediately clumping every single pit bull as a dangerous yeah murder machine i don't think that all pit bulls are a murder machine but i will say i do think they are instinctually more aggressive and not just pit bulls i would in my opinion i feel like rottweilers are the same way dobermans are the same way boxers are the same way to me and i can't back this up by science but i feel like they are more aggressive i would not feel comfortable having a pit bull around my like if i had a child i would not be comfortable with having a pit bull around my child and i don't think it's because they're even bad dogs it's just they're doing what nature is telling them to do protect and 
ter- like be territorial. And even like pit bulls tend to kind of be really loyal to one person. And I always think about this. I'm like, if you came into your house at night and your pit bull thought it was an intruder, I guess they would probably be able to smell you, hopefully. But what if they attack, you know, they could attack you just like they attacked this woman. And I don't know. I don't want to, like, discriminate against dogs. I don't think they're bad dogs or that they should all be put down or prevented from being adopted. But I would personally not want to take the risk of owning a pit bull. Yeah, that's true. I just, all the all the pit bulls I know are so sweet. So it's hard to, like, go against that. You know what I mean? So. I know. And they are, like, I know. It's hard. They are sweet. And I've also seen out of control, like, other dogs have bitten people. It's not unheard of. And I do think it's a little unfair. But I don't know. I think it happens for a reason, too. I mean, I also know someone who was attacked by pit bulls. Um, He survived, but he has a huge scar on his neck. It was when he was five years old. He hit a ball into their fence, and then he went to grab it, which was his fault because, you know, he was in the dog's territory. But he was in the hospital for, like, a week having to recover. Jeez. Yeah. And I'm I'm with Allison on this. I don't think I've I've ever met a bat pit bull. and, I, and I've met a few and there's a there's a ton on campus there are people who walk around and they're very they're proud of their pits and they're mini pits um and I, and I don't necessarily think those are dangerous dogs and I really feel like the the best way you can prevent things like this is making sure that dogs like that are in good homes rather than places where they're subject to maybe unfair treatment or maybe being pestered with uh you know sort of like maybe being hit when they're bad or something like that definitely those are those are i think behaviors that'll sort of reinforce that aggressiveness rather than bring out the the nicer sides of the dogs and that's not exclusively pit bulls i'm sure you could make a uh you know the friendliest golden retriever make them a brutal brutal dog oh yeah and i mean any animal this is sad i mean hopefully no one's doing this but any animal you abuse is going to be aggressive and mean i've met abused animals and they're either really scared or they're really mean and so i definitely think that's horrible and i don't know it might not be instinctual but i i don't know i just don't think i could adopt a pit bull by myself it would scare me i I think they have the power to back up that sort of uh you know aggressive fear and that's why they're so prone to like being the dogs that instigate these types of issues yeah because they're just they're, they're built to be big. And they are big, built for that. Tanks. They're, they're huge dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have they have more muscles than I could ever hope to get, and they don't. Even, <laughs> they could just hang out outside. And yeah, I'll, I'll hit the gym four times a week, and I won't get that big. <laughs> <laughs> I know they are built for that for sure. And I that really yeah. I guess nature versus nurture. You don't know. I wonder if there are scientists. I'm sure there are, but I never hear about. Article scientist. No, yeah. I never hear about any science. Man, what a great scientist name! Right. It's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm Doctor Pitbull scientist. <laughs> oh my goodness, studying for pitbulls. Right. But I think it would kind of help a lot, especially because personal prejudice is something that maybe we could work to change and even. But with you know animal shelters not taking pitbulls and stuff like that, I don't necessarily think that's right. I volunteered in an animal shelter, one of the few in the Denver area that was able to take pitbulls, and we would walk them a lot. Um, and they were really cute and sweet, but they were also, and that was just goes with being a shelter dog, you know, they were a little more aggressive, but I'd love to see more science behind this. Like, I'd love to actually see like research and data on behaviorism and how that would correlate in pit bulls to how they were raised. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. CSU veterinary school. (laughs) Second shout out of the day for some research. I know we need you. We need you. Well, listeners, if you have an opinion on pit bulls, on whether you think... 
they're naturally dangerous or if it's just the way they are raised in some unfortunate circumstances, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Give us a call or a text at 970-491-5278. That's 970-491-KCSU. Or tweet us at KCSU-FM. We would love to hear from you. I have one more point before we go too far. No worries. No worries. Go for it. I, I don't know why this just struck me, but it did. So if you raise a pit bull as a weapon, can you claim that under protection under the Second Amendment? No. No. <laughs> well, I mean, what if it's, I, you know. Just no. No, it's, it's not, not a an gun. arm. Yeah, it's not it's an arm. Not, it doesn't shoot well, bullets. Well, I mean, you ever notice we actually don't have the right to bear swords? Oh, just arms. Just arms. Oh, man. Wow. The more you know. <laughs> But anyway, listeners, as we've learned about 10 minutes ago when Max revealed that the public's favorite radio piece of news is weather, we've, we've yes! got a little, wow, wow, we've got a little weather for you. Oh, wait, let me see if I can find our new theme song. Oh, here we go. Wait. There we go. It's the weather. It's the weather. It's time for the weather. Absolutely. All right. You already got a little sneak peek earlier in the show, but good golly, it's a lovely day. (laughs) It is so nice. Yesterday was nice. And you know what? Tomorrow's going to be super nice. It's going to be 72 degrees. That's like officially warm weather when you don't have to wear a jacket and you can wear short sleeves. we ah! We go from snowstorm like a week ago to 72 that's man i love this state Uh, colorado is always it's so weird i've worn shorts in january before it's true it just sometimes we get these days and 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 it's wonderful thursday go skiing is uh yeah you can still go these are the best days to go you can and snow day the snow season is really really good this year so resorts are expected to stay open until june whoa yeah so for all you gnar shredders out there. Yeah. You got time. You got to keep shredding those slopes. (laughs) But if you want to know more about the weather, you're going to have to tune in on Thursday. Thursday, To find out what's up. Mm Mm-hmm. We've got a good show on Thursday, so you're going to have to stay tuned to hear it. But anyway, we want to thank our lovely reporters, Allison and Max, as well as Piper Davis for her music segment, and Ray McGowan for his sports analysis. And I want to thank you, JD. And I want to thank you for just being a, a great host with, <laughs> with, with, you know, a voice that speaks news. Wow. Thank you. Those what words kind good. Words. <laughs> and we want to thank you listeners for sticking with us and keep sticking with us because we will be back Thursday at 4 p.m. But... Don't go away. Keep that dial locked because we have Monte Carlo by Toro Imoy featuring W.E.T. Only here on KCSU 9.5.